Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the Cookbook Circle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Victoria. And we've set out to review the UK's most popular cookbooks, those that you probably have at home and haven't opened in a while. We take one cookbook each episode to cook from and to stress test, digging out their best recipes, bringing them to life again, and hopefully inspiring you to do so too. Hey, Hannah. Oh, hey there. Didn't see you there, Victoria. Welcome. Welcome back, hopefully. Or welcome if it's your first time at the rodeo. We'll try to keep the (laughs) in-jokes to a minimum. Hannah, what have you you been looking at, reading, lusting after? I noticed that Rachel Roddy, who writes in The Guardian, she lives in Rome. She's an English writer, I think, that moved to Rome a few years back and is married to an Italian man and she's got loads of exposure to really great authentic cooking. She's had a couple of books, but she's got a new one coming out in July called An A to Z of Pasta. Ooh. And it looks so good. She says it's 50 stories about 50 shapes and 120 recipes. It's 50 shades of pasta. <laughs> and the cover quote is from our main man. Who? Old Nigel. <gasps> he says, every story is a little gem, a beautiful hymn to each curl, twist and ribbon of pasta. <laughs> what a beaut. Ooh. What's your favourite pasta shape? <laughs> wow. No to put me on the spot it's rigatoni <laughs> why is rigatoni is it that? yeah it's just because i like chunky things yeah i don't really like i don't like thin thin things i like like big slices of bread chunky chocolate big pasta yeah and a, a penne doesn't cut it it's too skinny doesn't get the yeah sauce in the middle have you seen talking about pasta shapes the dan pashman the sporkful pasta shape that he created no so the sporkful if you don't know is a podcast about food and dan pashman's the host and yeah, he created his own pasta shape, which is now you can buy it in the States. It's like sold out. Wow. We'll link to it, but it's so cool. It's like a, it's like a, a backwards C with like ruffles on it. Right. A bit like a base clef. 
you know, <laughs> with like ruffles around the outside. Um, and it's supposed to be just, you know, it's what he was imagined to like pick up the sauce perfectly. And it's had great reviews. Yeah. Our friend Samin used it on one of her recipes. Ooh, that's so fun. I don't know what I would design as like a pasta shape, personally. <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> big rigatoni. <laughs> yeah, like half a flying saucer. So it just like is loads of mini bowls of pasta. <laughs> Or like like giant orichetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> Big old ears. Make it happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. That book is out July 8th for all the pasta lovers out there. Cool. It looks great. But that's not the book that we're talking about today. It isn't. We are talking about a little book. It's not little. It's giant. It is massive. It's called Thai Food and it's by David Thompson. Yes. It's a very cookbook circle shade of pink. Very on brand for us. Yes, it is. It's massive. Let me see how many pages it has. What do you guess? 10 million. (laughs) Exactly right. 673 pages. It's an encyclopedia of Thai food, right? And it's got that whole like history bit at the beginning. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about David Thompson. But before I do that, I will tell you what we do here at the Cookbook Circle podcast. So Thai food, like all the books that we are cooking from this season, is on our master list of lists. So we created a master list of all of the best of cookbooks that we could find. It's massive. It's comprehensive. And so we are looking at all of the top books of that. We are cooking from them, reading them, seeing what we think about them we rate them at the end so today's turn is that of thai food by david thompson which if you listen to our last episode when we talked about this we'd said we'd never heard of him and we were a bit skeptical because it's not a very thai name as you're mm. probably aware and it's not a very exciting book title no it's seo was obviously not a thing in 2002 when this came out but it's got ram seal vibes <laughs> just like <laughs> does what it says on the tip. yeah it should have been called encyclopedia of thai food so many missed pun opportunities though <laughs> I mean, come on. It's it's time to eat. <laughs> it's time to eat. Yeah. But it's not because this is, it's not like it's an easy book. <laughs> I mean, we'll come to it, but it's not like, oh, I'll just pick up this book and pick something really quick and I'll have all the ingredients in. Do you have lots of Thai? Then this is the book for you. <laughs> Thai, more Thai. Sorry. Bring it back. Anyway, David Thompson. (laughs) Yeah, tell us about our old Dave, big Dave. He is Australian. Wait. Which we know because, well, we would have known because we Googled it, but even better, we know because our lovely Australian fans, and particularly Pip, mentioned it on our Instagram. And so once I knew that, this book made a lot more sense to me in terms of the ingredients, I think. But we'll come to that, but it's interesting. So he's Australian, but he has lived and worked in Thailand for over 30 years years at this point wow so he knows about Thai food in looking him up and reading this book and learning about him I really changed my mind about him and his uh endeavors (laughs) (laughs) what's the word like when you get GCSEs like qualifications qualifications (laughs) yeah Thai food had you not learned about him what were your impressions before that (laughs) pray tell well just that he was some white bloke who decided he'd you know been to Bangkok a couple of times and thought he could you know yeah you know Thai food I could probably write about that it's it's easy just get some paste (laughs) but so David Thompson ended up in Thailand by mistake his plane got diverted or something on a holiday or he had a holiday that's supposed to be somewhere else and ended up in Thailand when he was like quite young and by young I mean like 18 or something and then within a year of his first holiday there he moved there he loved it wow he really fell in love with it started cooking there decided he loved cooking met lots of different 
different people. I, th- I think he trained classically because he mentions it a little bit when he starts cooking with Thai women. He talks about how it's so different and kind of chaotic compared to the French cooking he was used to, yeah. which I thought was interesting. But I couldn't find anything about where he actually trained. Yeah. Throughout this book and throughout the introductions and stuff, and when he's writing, he he talks a lot about women, and I really like that. Have you noticed it? it talks yeah. to, like shouts out to the women who taught him or women that cooked in ancient or like historic Thai kitchens and I feel like that's great because obviously he's a man but women in general they do so much cooking but don't get the shout outs or the kind of recognition they deserve so I really liked that yeah so he has lived in Thailand he's opened all sorts of restaurants all over the world all Thai food so he's never kind of gone away from from that which again I respect a lot presumably his restaurants are called like Thai restaurant Yeah, Thai restaurant, Thai snacks, Thai breakfast. <laughs> Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> but his most famous restaurant is not called that, but it's called Nam, N-A-H-M. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, which means water in mm. Thai. So again, quite simple. But he originally opened that restaurant in London. Oh, that's where we are. Yeah, that's where we live. He opened that restaurant in London and in six months it had a Michelin star. Like it's that good. That's cool. Yeah. And then he moved that restaurant, so it's not in London anymore. He moved that restaurant to Thailand and it's just consistently, it's been open for like 15 years or something, maybe longer. It consistently in the top 100 restaurants in the world. It's It was at one point in the number one restaurant in Asia. It's wow. very, very, very very famous. He's actually left there now. The restaurant's still going, but he is no longer head chef. He's got some other restaurants. He's got kind of chain of restaurants in Singapore and Australia. And he also is then working on another kind of high-end concept in Bangkok, in some fancy hotel. What I also learned is that a couple of years ago in the UK, where we are, (laughs) he did a collaboration with a UK healthy fast food chain, Leon. Oh. Yeah. And did some Thai food. It was called Tuk Tuk, I think. Oh. Yeah, and that was popular. Sometimes when we say we don't know these people, like we didn't know much about Simon Hopkinson before we recorded that one, did we? And then he just was everywhere. Yeah. We keep seeing him now and he keeps popping up into our lives. Not literally, thank God. But um, <laughs> Sorry, Simon. <laughs> no, I love you, Simon. I feel like that would be the case with David Thompson as well. I'm sure we have probably come across him in different ways, but just haven't registered the name or something. Because he can't be that massive. Like, he sounds massive. Yeah, he's the most famous chef that we've never heard of. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's everywhere. Since learning about him, I've got a lot of respect for him. A lot of the articles about him says he's um, famously candid. So he'll really open up and talk about struggles or whatever's going on for him. So that's pretty cool. His partner is Ty, who he's been with for for many, 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 many years. Talks about him a little bit in this book. At the beginning, I liked reading the um, acknowledgements. It was at the front as well, which I thought was nice. Anyway, so this book, (laughs) brought out in 2002. And it's basically, I think he wanted to preserve the kind of history of Thai cooking in English. It seems like he he thought that it was being modernised and changed and changing quickly, too quickly. Yeah, and he didn't want to lose the kind of roots of it. Yeah, exactly. He talks about how the food in this book is not kind of peasant or street food. It's very much the stuff that would be served in like Thai palaces and at banquets and stuff like that, which I think is really fun and interesting. And important. Yeah. There's so many of these recipes that just maybe were passed along like from parents or I don't know, just never written down, but by word of mouth and 
and aren't recorded and then they're lost. So I think he's trying to do a massive thing here by recording them and saving them, which is pretty cool. And you, it seems like so much work has gone into it. Massive, like you said, and <laughs> yeah. then it's got, it's got this whole like history book section at the beginning all about, you know, the different phases of Thai history and the different capitals and different countries that have influenced the cuisine and everything. A huge amount of work has gone into this, I think. Yeah, and it's and he says at the beginning, like, oh, it's actually, this is all about, whilst it's it's me trying to create this comprehensive look at Thai food, it's also me. It is my interest. Like, I have less interest in the, the kind of street food and that, that food, the kind of pomp and circumstance of Thai food. But what I also have a lot of respect for is that he talks again and again about how it's not easy and it's not simple. And I, I like yeah. that. None of this is dumbed down. If you're looking for an easy, quick red curry, like, you're not going to find it in this book. No. Everything is incredibly and obviously we'll talk about our recipes I'm sure we'll come to it like nothing is quick and nothing has been easy to kind of knock up I think I might have sought out the quickest ones in here because I'm a lazy little yeah. shit <laughs> me too well only because I'm right have I got you know I've got any of those ingredients no do I think I could find them no but I'm happy that he's done that and that's why I said because he's Australian I think if you're reading this in Australia some of these ingredients are, are much more accessible to you like things like coriander root yes which- we talked about in one of our previous episodes and then one of our listeners in Australia said that it's really easy to find there so but yeah I, I completely can see how that might be the case yeah there's lots of that coriander in here and yeah and I still haven't seen coriander but I still can't find it so I have to pull up a plant <laughs> just grow some in my garden and wait for it up to get it, pull it up <laughs> Yeah, so it's that's him in a bit of a nutshell. For he's really interesting, and I want to learn more about him. But he seems very professional, as in like all the stuff you read about him is on like bighospitality.co.uk, and there's like a Tatler Thailand article about him, and I read all those ones. But um, it's not you know he's not on the Daily Mail to you know <laughs> what's David Thompson doing now kind of thing, <laughs> calling people idiot sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to Thailand? I can't remember. No, have you? Yes, a couple of times, but when I was younger. And I kind of kick myself for not eating more. I'd love to go back and eat more now. I didn't, I did love food, but I I probably didn't love it as much as I do now. And I would try to experiment more. We did do like a cooking course. I went with my sisters when I was 17. And we did this one cooking course in Chiang Mai one afternoon. And I just failed horribly at it I burnt the shit out of the garlic <laughs> and the chef was tossing at me it's also fast and like the heat's really high and it's like the walk yeah. and you're just like under pressure and uh, yeah I was shy so I need to go back and <laughs> do it yeah recover my uh, reputation <laughs> in the north of Thailand but yeah I think you'd love it I think like the food there is incredible and it's all about that kind of yeah. balance of sweet salty sour uh, spicy and- yeah I feel like I would like it too it's one of those places I think that when we were teenagers everyone was going there everyone was going to Thailand it was like the place to go on your like gap year yeah and so I felt like I'd experienced it through people's Facebook photos (laughs) I know but then there's like I think there's so much then that's that you don't see in those photos or they're like there's the tourist spots that people go to and then there's just so much that's inland or not by the sea but has loads of history and culture and it's just 
fascinating and it's so beautiful and the people are really nice I don't I'm not getting some sort of commission from the tourist board here <laughs> we don't have enough listeners yet today's episode is sponsored by the Thailand <laughs> so I know what you mean but yeah I think the tourist spots there's a lot outside there as well I also think that knowing what we know now about food as a person who is older and has e- eaten more better eaten more better food yeah, uh, more better than when I was you know 16 or whatever like I know that some of the like recipes for example in this book would just taste a million times better with ingredients from Thailand because it's all like locally grown it's not imported crap that has reached me 15 days later yeah 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 totally so what were your first impressions of the book then just that it was I was surprised how big it was Mm. like it's massive it wasn't easy to get hold of this book no it wasn't a cheap secondhand book that you could buy and so I yeah I basically was just surprised at how comprehensive it was and then you look through some of the recipes and you're like oh shit yeah holy fuck what am I gonna do Oh, yeah. shit. how am I gonna choose one of these and we'd already like backed ourselves into a corner because we said it on the last episode <laughs> yeah. like, is it too late to just put in like Jamie's 15 minute meals <laughs> yeah. yeah how did you feel yeah I didn't expect it to be so huge and I didn't expect all that kind of history stuff Mm. at the beginning also probably going to end up saying this a few times but I was leafing through being like where's the vegetarian food (laughs) (laughs) is there does that have meat yeah oh yeah it does oh that has meat I mean I'm trying really hard to like eat less fish because I've just you know I feel like a fraud and so I was like oh I'm I'm just gonna not eat fish for this but that is practically impossible you're like oh I found one you're like oh shit no Fish, fish sauce, sauce yeah. there. so it was um it was really hard to find veggie stuff but I mean what are you gonna do like you're not gonna ask a whole country to change like the entire yeah. cuisine just because you don't want to eat some chickens so yeah that was one of my first impressions was just like fuck what am I gonna cook <laughs> yeah. what am I gonna cook that I can find the ingredients for and I have time yeah yeah time as well and, and the ingredients like some of it is mad like ginkgo nuts and shit like that or like funky shit like hydrolyzed water like what's hydrolyzed it sounds like an old j album <laughs> but he does have a useful glossary at the beginning yes, doesn't he, he does yeah what could be helpful maybe i felt like i was reading some of the recipes and he's like there was like an eggplant one and i was like eggplant we get those here <laughs> i can find one of them and this doesn't have meat in it and then it's like you cannot do this with regular eggplants like, it's like you have to find you have to find the Japanese one and there was times where I felt a bit like chided like I was being told you know like that scene in Bridesmaids where she's like this is a strict plane this is a strict cookbook yeah it is a strict cookbook there's not much I can sub in here palm sugar features heavily and let me tell you I don't have any palm sugar I didn't use palm sugar but I was like you know what it's all the same is it also sorry Dave I'm sorry (laughs) we can't be sorry to Dave we're doing our best here yeah we're doing our best we're off the people we live in a very cold country that doesn't have exotic ingredients and you know this is true it's tough anyway what'd you cook Han? Ooh. <laughs> anything <laughs> so i just went on deliveroo and i ordered myself a nice <laughs> little thai curry <laughs> 
No. Um, I made, and I'm scared that you made this too now. I don't know why I have a weird feeling, but I made the pad thai. Oh, I didn't make the pad thai. Okay, okay, okay. We're all right. Well, I mean, one day it will happen. But um, pad thai, I generally love anyway. And yeah. I've made it a couple of times at home before. But um, so I was just interested to see what his take was like. Again, there was fish sauce in this. So it's not strictly veggie. You could probably leave it out, but you are going to miss out on some of that flavor is it not prawns as well there was meant to be prawns but i just didn't do the prawns i just thought all right it's fine because it's got tofu in it deep fried oh okay got you so yeah i went off on a little excursion (laughs) to my newly opened local asian supermarket still couldn't get half the shit i managed to get chinese chives and red shallots for some reason when i got the book when i ordered the book i was walking along the street went into the shop and i i picked up some galangal because i was like oh i'll definitely need that and then went proceeded to pick loads of recipes that didn't have any galangal in there <laughs> but it's still, it's still sitting in my fridge and yeah basically you soak the noodles then you deep fry the tofu and you simmer palm sugar and white sugar with tamarind water i didn't really i just put a little bit of tamarind paste in water so i hope that was okay right yeah i, I kept seeing that and i was like what what is it is it like yeah the juice i don't i think it's when you soak fresh tamarind or something and then you use the right. water and it carries some of the flavor i could be completely wrong on that so you simmer your sugars and your tamarind water and fish sauce until the sugar's all dissolved and then you yeah you basically heat up your wok you fry the shallots you crack in an egg at that point which Ooh. is quite early i feel like i always thought that would be the last thing to go in so that yeah yeah it was quite done by the end yeah. and then you put in your tofu white radish i couldn't find white radish either for love nor money and then you put in the noodles so I, i'm definitely not getting the whole full experience here yeah what kind of noodles so he just says thin rice noodles dried thin oh, okay. rice noodles <laughs> flexible of him <laughs> any rice noodles really as long as they're thin i know uncharacteristically flexible of david <laughs> So then you yeah just turn it up heat and stir fry it all and then you add in some bean sprouts and Chinese chives and then you put it on the plate with the rest of the bean sprouts and you put some slice of lime and some crushed peanuts and like a pinch of chili powder. And it was really good. The only thing was, I don't know, and this was my one thing with all the recipes, is I actually had no idea how many people any of them were for. So it was... Yeah. I had no idea, like, (laughs) how much... I felt like it could have done with a little bit more sauce, basically, is, is all that I'm saying. Right. And and I would have probably upped the quantity of that if I knew the scale of it in the end, if that makes sense. But it did taste really good. I just, yeah, I think it definitely could have done with a little bit more sauce because it was like a little bit bland. Mm. I definitely go at it again and kind of maybe play around with some of the quantities and bearing in mind that I'm missing some stuff as well. So you have to kind of compensate for what's not there. Yeah, that was the pad thai. And Ooh. that was the biggest thing that I made because then otherwise like I said I was I was massively struggling I did make his omelet oh I didn't see the omelet I was like there's something no animals well I mean question well. yeah <laughs> there's something without you know animals in it animal flesh <laughs> no animal flesh you do the omelet in a wok oh yeah I've done many things in a wok before I've even made Chelsea buns in a wok fun fact oh wow who's Chelsea <laughs> She's my other friend. <laughs> we 
have another new friend. Congrats. Thank you. I was in an Airbnb, didn't have a baking tray, made some Chelsea buns in a wok for a bake sale. <laughs> There's quite a lot of oil in his omelette. So you heat the wok, heat the oil, and then just crack in like two eggs. Really simple. And flip. <laughs> I'm not going to teach you anything revolutionary here. You flip it over <laughs> you cook it and it's done. But it's really, and then you put some like spring onions on it when it comes out. A really uninspiring photo. I'll just give everybody a heads up now before you're like flocking to Instagram for that one. <laughs> but but it was really nice because I felt like it was the nice kind of crispy Asian omelette that you often yeah. get. And turns out the answer is just shit tons of oil. <laughs> <laughs> and a walk and a walk who knew so that was the omelette and maybe I will make omelettes like that from now on who knows we'll see watch this space ladies and gentlemen and the last thing that I made were his roti why are you making that face <laughs> I also made the roti <laughs> to hear what you thought here because what pissed me off about this recipe was that it was in was the flour was in cups yeah i really hate when i hate cups it says like two and a half cups of flour or something and i always just google like two and a half cups of flour in grams and i took the top answer shame on me speaking of seo (laughs) and and i think it was too much flour so and then you like it's one egg as you know i don't need to tell you this shit but our listeners might be interested it's an egg and it's a little bit of water there's some salt in there as well right and sugar and a little bit of sugar a pinch of salt and a pinch of sugar so glad that you're here to keep me on track (laughs) god knows what i've been leaving out of the other recipes yeah and then you knead it you let it rest for a half an hour or more and then you roll it out and then you make it he says like there's something a little bit vague in the instructions as well sometimes he is a little bit vague oh yeah is, is our david i feel he's like the kind of guy at the end of a date that would say like see you soon (laughs) wow (laughs) not speaking from personal experience of course (laughs) but he's just yeah very vague like there's what there's a recipe in there for steamed eggs and it's like steam the egg (laughs) thanks david cool i'll do that so glad I bought the book. But he says something about you roll out the disc of the pastry, and then he says something about rolling it into like a rope or like twisting it into yeah. a rope. I was doing a really funny thing with our hands right now. Like a little crab motion. Crab meets salt though. <laughs> twisting it into a rope, and then you, you put that into a spiral, and then you roll that out again to create the layers, right? Like a paratha or something like that. Yeah, like a Chinese like spring onion pancake. Yeah, let's name more flatbread. <laughs> All the pancakes going on. <laughs> like a really flat croissant. <laughs> and then you fry them. You fry them in ghee. I fried them in vegetable oil. Cause yeah. I'm, again, a lazy little shit. <laughs> And I liked them, but you would definitely have to eat them fresh, right? Because they were like quite crispy. They bubble up really nicely and they definitely puff when they're in the pan. But they just didn't, they wouldn't keep for very long. So I feel like it's the, because I tried to eat one a couple of hours later and it wasn't great. (laughs) And also I think that I just prefer flatbreads that are soft. 
like a soft chapati or something because the crispy ones yeah they don't do much they're not really doing anything they're not soaking up sauce they may be just like a kind of a bread shovel if, if anything so I liked them but they would definitely have to be with the right dish and I think I just made mine to eat with like my leftover pad thai so I think it would be great with a curry or something that was the last thing I made anyway so what did you think about the roti so I I felt the same about the flour and I don't think it was you because I used cups like a cup measurement and then I think it's just not enough water, like two tablespoons of water and then an egg. So what did you do? I just, I put loads more water in. That's water in, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was like mixing it, kneading it, and it was just, nothing was happening. Like it was just dry yeah. flour. So yeah, I just added more and more water um, until it was like, he said knead it to like a hard dough, right? So once I got to that point, I kind of stopped. I felt like that, that then that was maybe missing something then because if egg was the main kind of liquid, then it should be quite rich though but definitely by the end of mine the water had outweighed the egg yeah so you lose some of that richness which I thought was a bit of a shame and I didn't have any other eggs I'd used my last one in the pad thai (laughs) I steamed it when David told me to (laughs) so yeah I thought that was a bit of a shame yeah I agree and I was a bit confused once I'd like mixed it all together I was like this definitely isn't yeah enough something so yeah I should add more water maybe I should have experimented with an extra egg but it just whatever yeah I agree with like so I think he tells you to like so you roll it out into a disc you let them rest as little egg-shaped balls yeah but how many balls as well i would love to just have known how many balls (laughs) how many balls david (laughs) david why we need to know the number of balls what mine made loads i had loads of balls hanging around did you yeah me too i had all of the balls and i didn't cook half of them half of them are still here like raw raw balls (laughs) and i'm not going to because like you said that you have to eat them straight away yeah then he tells you to like pick up the disc and like twist it into a rope but that doesn't really work so i was like making it into a rope and then they make little tiny ones my mine were quite small were yours quite small yeah mine weren't very big i fried them in butter because i didn't have any ghee so I'm at my parents' house because we're allowed to stay over now. And it's made of butter. And it's made of butter. <laughs> it's in Buttertown, yeah. Butterville. <laughs> so, so we didn't have any ghee. So I fried it in butter. And I didn't know if that like helped or hindered. It felt like the mm. butter kind of burnt fairly quickly. So I had to keep changing it, which isn't great for like, my mom's butter supply. <laughs> it's like, more butter, more butter. <laughs> Taking down a wall, <laughs> into the doors. She's out there trying to churn to like make everyone have beds for the night um <laughs> but yeah so yeah i think you're right they tasted great warm i think that because of the the butter rather than the ghee i didn't maybe cook them for quite long enough so i would have they were a bit chewy where i'd have wanted them to a bit more, mm. be a bit more light yeah i would give it a go again i'd half the recipe because you, you don't need that many balls like we said or do you <laughs> who knows because david hasn't told us <laughs> maybe thai eggs are different they're like giant ostrich eggs and they're actually <laughs> supposed to be like giant roast I would try again as well, but with with ghee maybe because it has a way higher smoking point, doesn't it? So it would be better to cook them for longer. Yeah. And obviously that, I mean, us both making that is testament A to the vegetarianness of it and also B to the fact that that was maybe the simplest recipe in the whole book, apart from the smoked water. <laughs> but the smoked water, which I was totally going to make, needed a Thai candle. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to find a Thai candle. <laughs> yeah, it was water and a Thai candle. And I was like, I can't have one of those. I'll make the rotis instead. <laughs> Because it's a Thai candle. I didn't see that. Um, It's in the smoked water section. (laughs) 
If you haven't been smoking your water, you've been doing it all wrong. I didn't get far enough to like, I read the recipe, but I didn't read what smoked water is for. Like, do you drink it? Do you pour it on top of stuff? Do you you pray with it? I I don't know. Um, Yeah, that was it. Wow. What else did you make? So disappointingly for everyone, I only made one other thing apart from the rotis because like we said, it's a tough one. Mm. And getting the ingredients. So you mentioned how you kind of walked into your local shop and found Galangal. Well, it was an Asian supermarket, (laughs) to be fair. Yeah, and I didn't have time to go to my local Asian supermarket, and it's quite far away. So I was like, what if I get there and don't have it? So I ordered some Galangal off Amazon. The modern age. (laughs) Yeah. First, I was surprised I had it, and I kind of made a joke to Hannah in a text, like, haha, I'm tempted about this. And then I ordered it straight away because I was like, I don't don't know where I'm going to get it from otherwise. I was in, like, my local shop that I talk about at the time that has literally everything, translating all the things on the side of their boxes anything that looked root like <laughs> Jerusalem artichoke okay it's not that turmeric okay it's not that like <laughs> and there were all these things are you a gallon gal are you a gallon gal <laughs> people thought it was crazy so I ordered it off Amazon but then like I said I was traveling to my parents house on a Friday night and it still hadn't arrived <laughs> oh god it was like a race against the clock for the Amazon man versus me leaving but luckily it arrived at like 4pm at the 11th hour this little pack of Galangal yay and I, I did use it so all this to say <laughs> what I made was the red curry of <gasps> pork and pumpkin ooh I saw this yeah and because it was a red curry I was like oh damn I wish I could just take some of this stuff out and just make it veggie <laughs> but I knew it wouldn't be the same I mean again I also substituted various bits and pieces so it, it wanted um, you to use pork ribs right and I couldn't find them so in a, another hilarious ingredients thing we were making this on a Sunday night but we didn't have some of the last ingredients and so in the UK all of the supermarkets shut at four o'clock on a Sunday uh. <laughs> so so me and my mom and dad were like running around the town that they live in, Aww. which is not, you know, it doesn't have any Asian supermarkets, you know, running from like little Sainsbury's to little Sainsbury's trying to find coconut cream, uh, fish sauce <laughs> and any kind of pork. Pork is just, obviously you could find sausages, but like that wasn't quite what was going to go. Can you imagine David's face? <laughs> <laughs> just pops some Richmond's in there. <laughs> So you supposed to have pork ribs, but I definitely got in there. So we had like just, um, we found some pork chops. Nice. And, you know, it was fine. But so I think, but what I'm trying to say is you probably could do this with just pumpkin. That's good. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be veggie because it still has fish sauce. And then, so you make a curry paste. So he's big on pastes. Bad name of the week. <laughs> big on pastes. <laughs> Loves a paste. Basically tells you if you're not making the paste for the curry, then you're a chump. This is a strict plane. <laughs> Um, so the paste and thank God for uh, mini choppers, which my mom has one of. So that's how I made my paste. The paste is chilies. Obviously didn't put as many as uh, he wanted in there because we've been there before. <laughs> chilies, which needed to be de-seeded, soaked and then drained. Lord, that's Julia, child vibes. <laughs> yeah. Chilies, salt, galangal, lemongrass, red shallots, garlic. Garlic? Garlic? <laughs> is that the local pronunciation? That's not... Um... <laughs> That's not a special thing. That's just garlic. In a jar. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Those lazy ones. And then any cooked fish. So we had some prawns, which I brought all the way from London (laughs) to my parents' house because I knew I wanted to use them in this. I didn't want them to go to waste. So I carried them on the train. (laughs) 
<laughs> my dad sniffed them when I opened them to check they're okay. That was brave. I'm so cool. So you make the paste. There's a whole section about how to make a paste. And it's basically, <laughs> you should be using a pestle and mortar, but a mini chopper or whatever is okay. Oh, you got the, all the endorsement that you've ever dreamed of. You're a mini chopper. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, not a food processor, but like a mini blender is fine. Thanks, Dave. But you should really be using a pestle and mortar. And I was like, <laughs> am I fuck grinding all this shite together in a pestle and mortar on a Sunday night? No fact. <laughs> so made that that was fairly um you have to just get it really smooth so it's not as uh fibrous (laughs) because it's got lemongrass and all that shit oh yeah anyway that was quite fun and it smelled amazing yeah it turns into this gorgeous like orangey color and then so interestingly the pork so you blanch the pork from a cold start oh yeah yeah, my face was very similar to that. But I was like, you're the boss, Dave. <laughs> and then after blanching it quickly, you then boil the pork in coconut milk. Oh, wow. Mm, which, which again, is probably why it's better to do it with like pork ribs, which are a bit more fatty than a fucking pork chop. <laughs> was it just like this sad little chop floating in a pot of milk? <laughs> no, it was glorious. It was bathing. It was basking <laughs> in, in coconut milk. luxuriously bathing in a fragrant bath of coconut milk. And then you put like off cuts of all your other like your stuff on the paste. So like lemongrass and galangal and all that stuff. So you leave that to it. And when that's cooked, you kind of drain. You drain it, but keep the coconut milk because that comes back later. So then you got, you got coconut cream, which mm-hmm. is separate. You cook that up and he tells you to cook like warm that through until it separates right that didn't happen for us for a really really long time wow it was quite late when we ate this food so my poor parents but anyway you cook that up until it separates because then you get the the oil then you put the paste in honestly it made the house smell incredible like really really was great and you're like well i can really see why this is so good i love you dave um but it's like 11 p.m and you're like (laughs) rice isn't even on yet so you pop that in and then you put the pumpkin in mm-hmm. kind of fry that off so it kind of all goes down to being quite dry right because it's supposed to end up quite a thick curry mm. so it goes to being quite dry you put the pumpkin in fry that off and then your leftover coconut milk you add that all back mm-hmm. We did it kind of bit by bit because, you know, wanted to see where we got to. And that cooks the pumpkin down. Gotcha. That, again, also took a lot longer than I was expecting. Um, and then you add the pork. Yeah, that's it. And then you, it says you have to leave it to stand, which, again, it's like, oh, it's like half past ten. Like, that's what I eat. <laughs> I'm old, David. Yeah. <laughs> I've aged since this is begun. Yeah. And then you serve it with, well, you could do whatever you want, actually. But you, I, I made rice. I had bought some jasmine rice, but I mm. left that in London. So I didn't cook that. Just cooked. Um... Took the prawns instead. <laughs> yeah. The prawns came. We left the jasmine behind. But I do want to make some jasmine rice as per his instructions. And they make the jasmine rice. <laughs> Yeah, and also I won't do it by his instructions because I have a rice cooker in my house. So I can just shove it in there and follow their instructions for it and it'll taste delicious, I'm sure. Yeah, and it was great. Like the curry was really, really, really nice and really not not as difficult to make as maybe 
it seems. But again, mm. the recipe is is quite vague. Like you said, it's not a very long recipe with lots of different steps. So you're not quite, there's no picture also of this one, which is fine. Like there's only pictures of some of the recipes. We know you like a picture. I love a picture. <laughs> and there is pictures, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there Beautiful yeah. pictures in this, in this book, but just not of this particular one. So you're not quite sure what it's supposed to look like. I think that you probably could do it without the pork. That's good to know. It also has, just to say, kefir lime leaves in it. Mm-hmm. which feature heavily in this and obviously I couldn't get any fresh no I don't think I've ever seen any fresh I've only ever seen them dry I think yeah but they smell incredible. Mm. So you pop them in and they're lovely. But that also led to a very... Because I also left those at home. But... What did you pack? Prawns. <laughs> did you bring pajamas? Did you bring a toothbrush? Prawns, lemongrass, chilies. That's what I brought with me. The gallon girl. I remembered the gallon girl. <laughs> I got it in there. So I forgot. I left my kefir lime leaves at home. And I texted my husband because he was coming up a day late. And I was saying, I've left my kefir lime leaves. Please, can you bring them? Darling, I simply must. This is the most middle class text I've ever received. And I was like, sorry, I must have them. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> am I gonna find them up here? Sainsbury's local probably doesn't stock them and I'm not going to embarrass myself by asking. Oh, that's funny. But he knows who he's married to now. I'm just a girl, a kefir lime leaf girl, if you will. Standing in Uh, front of you, asking you (laughs) to put them in your bag and bring them to the house of butter. I'll churn you a little pot in return for your favour. Is there anything else that you like to look at? Yeah. Apart from the smoked water, obviously. Yeah, and the hydrolyzed <laughs> limes. Uh, the banana fritters sounded great. Ooh, I didn't spend much time in the um, in the dessert section. There was a relish of peanuts as well that I just came across before this that looks yum. The whole relish section is really interesting. I thought some of them sounded really, yeah. really fun, but I wasn't really sure what to do with them. Yeah, where do you put them? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe on your roti. With a roti. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the bed. We missed the boat on that one. Um, there was a grilled eggplant salad which as I said if I ever can find the particular form of eggplant that he's talking about <laughs> you'll do it yeah. that'll be top of my list there was also these things called curry puffs yes which really intrigued me there was chicken in there but I was wondering if I might just like you know shove something else in there <laughs> corn <laughs> an old corn chicken filler mm. but the idea <laughs> the idea of a curry puff sounds great to me it makes me think of like curry pan or yeah. something from Japan love that but yeah, I feel like I still like I I'm still leafing through and finding new things because yeah, me too. A gazillion pages. So, what about you? Was there anything else that caught your eye? Yeah, the, I like the, the sound of a lot of the curries, and I think that if I had the time and wanted to do it, now I know that it's not that difficult once you're doing it. It's just a case of getting the ingredients. I think I would do it. So there's like a, a beef panang, which I I wanted to do, but then I was worried about me talking about beef last episode, and then like I'd also you know. I've been beef heavy recently. And then some of the fried rice recipes sounded great. And who doesn't love fried rice? There's fried rice with pineapple, prawns and curry powder. That sounds great. Yeah. Anything that's savoury with a bit of pineapple in, like a bit Asian-y, I'm into that. I mean, deep fried rice, which is like, I'm not going to try that, but wow. Yeah, there were deep fried eggs as well. Yeah, lots of deep frying. There's a kongi recipe. I like kongi. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I didn't get into the like noodle section enough. It's just so massive. Yeah. That I think you could just, 
keep looking like some of the soups there was like a prawn and lime soup that sounded great again it's like some of the some of the recipes called for with the prawns like de-shelled and de-veined prawns and then some it was like you're kind of making a stock out of it so you needed them in their shells with the heads and everything so and they're much more difficult to find on a sunday night you know that you'll just find them in one part of the country and then take them on a train <laughs> exactly. to the other part. So just, you know, shouldn't be a problem for you. <laughs> I should, I should just get a coat where I like sell sell prawns on the train. To, I don't know why I need a coat, but I'm imagining you know those like people that sell like watches. Here comes the prawn flasher. Prawns, get your prawns. <laughs> Who needs a prawn? <laughs> Did you see this fun little factoid about chili? Actually, that the Portuguese brought chili to Thailand for the first time. Thought that was quite an interesting little fact. No, I didn't know that. What? Because the Portuguese took it from the Americas, I guess, and then sure sent yeah. it the other way. Like you with your prawns, they're just hauling ingredients around the world. <laughs> I'm just a metaphor for <laughs> colonization. Right. Shall we rate? Let's rate. So for each of the books that we discuss here on the Cookbook Circle, we give it a rating out of five. And those five criteria are usability and accessibility. That's one, not two. The second one is ingredients used. (laughs) The third is aesthetics. Fourth is veggie friendliness. And the fifth, relatively newcomer to the group. the game (laughs) is uh, inspirability so whether this book would actually make you want to pull out your pots and pans and prawns and cook something up in your gal and gal (laughs) and your kefir lime leaves (laughs) do you want to jump on a train immediately after you find some prawns and go and cook this for someone in another part of the country and each episode we change that rating based on the chef or the book so for Nigello oh I'm going back vintage here (laughs) for Nigello (laughs) we're going for we did innuendos and for for Jamie Oliver, we did photos of Jamie because there was loads of those. <laughs> so for David Thompson, Thai food, we're doing out of five gallon gals. <laughs> That's that's me and Hannah, just some gallon gals hanging yeah. out. <laughs> just a couple of gallon gals talking <laughs> Thai food. Some good time gallon gals. <laughs> wow, we laugh at our own jokes way too much. Someone's got to. Vic, how many out of five gallon gals are you giving Thai food? Well, my friends, my fellow gallon gal, is my rationale. I'm giving it half for usability and accessibility because, like I said, when you're in the recipe, it's not that difficult, but they're not easy. They're not Jamie's 15 minute meals. It's not mm. It's not a dumbed down, you know, get some Thai curry paste and whip up a curry. No. It's, it's quite serious. But like you said with your pad thai, probably if you do it three or four times, it would be much easier. So yeah. I can't take a whole point off. <laughs> ingredients obviously doesn't get a point for ingredients. And like I said, in another part of the world, in Australia, or obviously in Asia, yes, you would be able to find these things. But like we struggled even, you know, for other books, we've managed to find stuff. It was a bit mm. tough. So it's a no. Aesthetics, yes, it's a really beautiful book. Some of the pictures are really gorgeous. It is massive. Also had to bring this book on the tray. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was heavy, but that's fine. Uh, it's a no for veggie friendly, as Hannah has explained. But it's a yes for inspirability. I didn't know how to feel before I got the book because, you know, someone called David Thompson with the writing of a quite Thai food, I was like, okay, here we go. But as I've said, I've really changed my mind and I, I he's, he's obviously a brilliant Thai mm-hmm. chef 
and he's dedicated to what he does and like I said I think some of these recipes are like a fun challenge and and it, in a similar way I suppose to any of the Julia recipes yeah. or whatever like the end result is still going to be amazing yeah um, and you're going to feel really proud of yourself but it's it's just not something that you would maybe think about doing so all in all two and a half two and a half gallon gals for this how about you my dear friend I agree with everything that you've said actually and great <laughs> end of the podcast bye <laughs> okay thanks for listening bye <laughs> I also couldn't give it points for no I'm not giving it a point for veggie friendliness but you know that's okay they, they, they <laughs> I think the Thai people would be all right about that um <laughs> and I was going to take off half a point each for ingredients and usability and accessibility but I had an easier time finding the ingredients than you so I, I'm going to give it three gallon gals out of five. Ooh. but I also feel like you know it's important to say that this is an important book <laughs> that, yes. that this is doing a, a, a really nice job you're doing great pal you know your job Dave you're recording really important recipes that otherwise might be lost and it's very authentic and obviously tons of work have gone into it so that's not to say that a lower rating means a bad book and I definitely think I'll cook from it again it would be really fun for maybe if you're having people around to do a few different dishes and do the roti and do the rice and all those things obviously you need like a week off work beforehand but (laughs) (laughs) and a trip to Asia because there is a menu section right like which is quite good so he puts bits and pieces together for you which I love Otto Lenghi does that often in his books yeah. and I love that yeah I, I agree I think if you're interested in Thai food and learning more about it and, and having that more authentic kind of experience then absolutely this book is for you yeah it's your gal and gal <laughs> sorry we'll stop now <sighs> Shall we talk about our next book? Next book! Yeah. So, interestingly, next time's book is also an Australian chef. Wow. The Down Under series. (laughs) Has yours arrived yet? Yes, but I haven't seen it. I really wow. like delayed gratification. <laughs> don't show it to me until I've finished this podcast episode. It's my method, okay? <laughs> I don't have mine yet either, but we both think it's going to be a big one, a really big one. So the book, by the way, <laughs> we'll just talk about it and then don't tell you the name, is The Cook's Companion by Stephanie Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know anything about it. It's a bit like this book, but it, it was on a lot of lists. It, it scored pretty highly. So I think it's going to be another tome. Yeah, man. Like, where are you putting them all? I feel like <laughs> I'm going to need some extra storage. All these massive books. Yeah, I know. There's a the giant pile next to my desk. Like, that is literally what it is. <laughs> yes, I'm... And I'm currently selling my flat. And every time, <laughs> every time we have a house viewing, I have to like stack them up really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> so they look nice but usually there's just like coming out but um you know i feel like it makes me look cool so obviously cookbooks are your nightclub <laughs> <laughs> they're my gal and girls <laughs> yeah so the cook's companion stephanie alexander it would be really interesting it came out in the 90s i think it's got a very rainbow colorful cover and i don't know anything about it i've just seen it was on the one of the telegraphs list and it was reviewed by diana henry who we love we that and she I won't be able to read the rest of it, but I'm just seeing it on the on the SEO bit. A great big huggable book. Oh, so you can hug it, Hannah. <laughs> Go and get that thing now. <laughs> Drops earphones, runs out to it. <laughs> just a bye from me today. <laughs> It'd be nice to not have any preconceptions and 
see something new and interesting. And I need another companion. We all know I'm short and friends. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like a companion as much as the next girl. We've got me, Nigel, Chelsea, Chelsea and now this book. They're <laughs> really stacking up. The whole gang is here. If you want any of our recipes from this episode or any of the episodes, if we can find them online, we put them on our website, thecookbookcircle.com. Can't promise anything, but we've been lucky so far. Yeah, we have actually. Um, with the amount of gone up there. And you can also sign up to our new monthly email on the website as well. Pop your email address in there and just get a little dose of Vic and Hannah in your inbox. <laughs> What's not to love? A little sprinkle of uh, your gal and girls. <laughs> and we won't. Ever say that word again? <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Cookbook Circle. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review as it helps others to find us. You can see how the recipes from this episode turned out on our Instagram at Cookbook Circle. And if you make anything from the books we talk about, please don't forget to tag us. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 